Welcome to Conversations with Soul, a podcast with the intention to bring you back home to yourself. These Heart to Hearts are hosted by Miri and Liz, the co-owners of Soul Cleanse, a holistic health offering specializing in organic juice and whole food cleanse programs, plus so much more. With our guests, we will be diving into conversations about holistic health, spirituality, emotions, relationships, sustainability, plus other juicy topics that light us up. Hello and welcome. You're with Marie today and I'm so happy to have you join me as I have a conversation with Kirsten Morrison about all things human design. Kirsten is an empowerment mentor guiding women to break up with their inherited self and claim their authentic inherent self. She is the host of the Expressed podcast, an NLP practitioner, breathwork facilitator, and she alchemizes it all through the lens of human design. It's her mission to support women to remember their magnificence. By using the incredible foundation of human design, she supports you to do it in a way that's energetically aligned for your unique blueprint and no one else's. Everyone seems to be talking about human design these days and we thought that like us, you might like to learn a little bit more about exactly what it is. So in this episode, we cover what it is and how it was created and an overview of the five energy types, how human design gives you full permission to live your life in a way that's unique to you and the potency of living your life in alignment, how human design provides the keys to deeply understanding your purpose how human design helps you learn who you are as a unique person and how this can give you a deep acceptance of yourself and others, and so much more. You guys, Kirsten is a powerhouse. You're going to love this episode, so let's dive in. Hi, Kirsten, and welcome to Conversations with Soul. We're so pleased to have you here with us today. Oh, thank you for having me. I've been an avid Soul Cleanse user for years, so this is super exciting <laughs> for me. <laughs> oh, it's so great, and I'm so excited to dive into all things human design. I know that it's sort of been a bit of a talking point in the, I guess, spiritual worlds or alternative worlds, maybe, human design. And I love, you know, um, just for the listeners, I've had a reading with Kirsten quite recently, and, and human design is always sort of in the back of my mind and I I had actually done it and I just got the really really brief version and I was like oh nah it just doesn't really resonate with me Mm. but it was really awesome doing the deep dive and it made so much sense and I could really see how supportive it could be for um you know just really understanding myself and and how Mm. to make my life fabulous but before we dive into all things human design and we love to ask our guests if they can share what it is that they do regularly to bring them back home to themselves? So many things, but I think one thing that I'm finding at the moment is my non-negotiable daily is I've started going to the park every afternoon with my dog and just playing ball with him and just having that as a completely present, no phone zone. And Mm. it's just so lovely. Like I just love that little part of our ritual but Mm. I also have a monthly non-negotiable float and sauna and meditate every day have regular baths all of those sort of things (laughs) but my main thing at the moment that I'm really loving is just that little afternoon reset with my beautiful little boy Dash (laughs) and just having that time out in nature together it's just such a nice way to end the day and just kind of reconnect Mm. back into that sense of presence again before changing up the energy into the evening yeah and so nice to bring in some play as well you know I think that sometimes the whole meditation world and and all these kind of expectations of coming back to yourself and and everything can feel quite serious sometimes so it's nice to just be able to do something really playful yeah and I go through cycles with self-care as well like I have just started meditating again after a really long stretch without it so I find that like my rhythm and routine of what works for me shifts with my energy you know especially Mm. as a manifester you know I'm either in a surge mode or a rest mode and when I'm in surge mode sitting still and meditating just doesn't appeal to me you know but when I'm in my more rest period and I'm looking for that sense of inspiration or slowing down to hear what the next thing is that's going to call me into that surge that's when sometimes meditation or breath work can be helpful so I don't necessarily have a strict or rigid practice of what it means to connect to myself I really just allow that to be intuitive but right now yeah that kind of just sense of just being still and playing with the dog and seeing how happy he is as well like you said it's just such a fun 
fun little playful dude and I just love seeing him yeah get that so much enjoyment out of just this little orange ball flying in the air (laughs) it's so cute (laughs) that's awesome and I'd also just love I guess to share just so people can know a little bit more about you and a bit of more context for the conversation if you could share a little bit about your journey and how you found human design and and um, yeah what sort of brought you to this point Mm-hmm. Oh my God. I feel like I really don't know how to condense my journey <laughs> into mm-hmm. a short story. But basically, an overview is that, you know, my entire 20s, I was really driven by a sense of trying to find my purpose. And it was such a focal point and also such a point of contention in my life because I really just couldn't seem to find my thing. And it was such a, you know, a struggle and such a heavy weight in my life of what am I here for? And then when I came into my 30s, I decided to finally take this dream trip to America that I had been wanting to take for years. And I'd been there on a few shorter trips, like two weeks here and there, but I really wanted to go and immerse myself in the culture. So I actually spent three months in LA with some of my friends there. And basically that experience was a real turning point for me because half of my experience there was with my friends who had moved over from Australia and they had really, really, really found their calling. And every single day I was just watching them in pure pursuit of their purpose and Mm. the way that they even got there and the opportunities that they had was because they were so sure of themselves, so sure of what they were doing, and they were willing to knock on any door to make that happen. And I realized on that trip that I didn't have that. I didn't have that sense of belief. And I realized that it actually wasn't the purpose I was missing. It was the belief in myself. Mm. And the other half of the trip that I had was um, I was working with a friend who was doing a lot of work with the houseless at that time. And so I also saw this kind of other side of the the LA experience. I had the super high highs and was also then, you know, shown the super low lows and really having that contrast of experience gave me these two major ahas that, you know, one was that I didn't have the belief, even if I knew what my purpose was, even if it slapped me in the face, (laughs) I wouldn't Mm. have had that sense of belief in myself to knock on any door and say, I'm the person for this opportunity. So I realized that even if I knew what my purpose was, I wasn't going to be able to hold it. But I also was having these experience and these conversations with people that was expanding my idea of what I wanted to do. And I felt more called to make a contribution in some way and, you know, be of service in some way and make an impact. And so I realized that what I was doing and what my current path was, which at that stage was event management, was totally off track for where I wanted to head. So I started to see that I wanted to make a difference in the world and there was so much opportunity and, and need for people to make a difference in the world. But then I realized I didn't believe in myself as well. So I came home and I dedicated that entire year, which was 2017, to really working on myself. And I immersed myself in so much personal development and, you know, did the whole Tony Robbins thing, walked on fire, (laughs) did all the things. (laughs) And through the first real personal development workshop I attended, I experienced a crack in the story that was holding me back, which was that I wasn't good enough. Mm. And that was the story that was holding me back up until that point. And I realized in that moment, you know, if two days could change a story that I've held my entire life, like whatever sorcery just happened in this space, (laughs) I want to be able to help other people do that too. So it was after that point that not only did I continue to immerse myself in my own growth and healing and transformation, but I got my coaching diploma. I then found breathwork through my own personal development experience. And then I got my breathwork qualification. And so that's what really was the foundation of my business initially. But it wasn't until 2020 when I finally took the plunge and stopped juggling both my job and my business and went all in on my business that I found human design because I took the leap (laughs) from the juggle to the full-time entrepreneurship in the end of February, 2020, (laughs) which we all know what happened next. (laughs) So it was definitely a baptism by fire. And I was really seeking a way to do business in a way that felt really nourishing and supportive to me because 
I was seeking advice and support from mentors and friends and nothing was really gelling and working for me. I'm like, why is this stuff working for everybody but me? Like, why can I not make this work when everyone else can? And so there was a lot of insecurity and instability at that time as I was trying to navigate Mm. what was right for me. And around that time, human design just kept popping up and popping up and popping up and popping up. And I was seeing it everywhere, which it tends to do. I find that it finds you at the right time and it will Mm. just stalk you until you pay attention. (laughs) But I finally decided to book a reading. And in that reading for myself, like it was the most affirming, permission granting, life changing information. And I realized in that reading, why none of these things were working for me was because they weren't right for my energy type. They weren't right for me. So I was actually working against my energy and Mm. repelling the very results I wanted because I wasn't operating from energetic integrity for myself. So that spun me into a whole new layer of experimentation to really choose my way and choose what I'd always wanted to do and how I'd always wanted to do it and just let that be so free. And then all of the things that I'd been chasing for years just started magnetizing into my space. And I was like, wow, okay, this is amazing. And so I really wanted to then offer that to other people. So I then learnt and studied human design and then started bringing that into my world, which now is kind of the primary thing that I work with because it is just so life-changing. But really finding human design, you know, was the last piece of the puzzle that I didn't even know that I was missing when I came back from LA to really immerse myself in finding that version of myself that I knew was buried down there under all of that doubt and disbelief. That essence of the human design piece was the little ribbon that tied it all in a bow that journey. And I didn't even realize it at the time. I thought I'd already found myself, but human design was just the permission slip to really just be all of me and to allow that to be enough. Mm, I love that. That's <laughs> and I, I love that that's actually how you sort of speak, isn't it, about um, with your work, that you're giving permission slips for people to work in ways and, and be in ways that feel feel good to them and feel like flow for them. Mm-hmm. And it's like a weird concept to think that we need a permission slip to be ourselves, but when we have pretty much been told from birth be yourself, but not like that. Mm, yeah, <laughs> You do kind of need that little permission slip to really lean into what is your truth, because we've been so conditioned to ignore that. And I think that that's the really cool thing about human design is it doesn't necessarily show us anything we didn't know, but it mm. gives the mind this concrete and tangible language and framework and, you know, understanding of who we are and why things feel natural to us, why we're interested in certain things, why we make decisions the way we do, etc. And so when we give the mind that concrete proof, we don't overlook or sweep our own desires or urges mm. or emotions under the rug because we are like, no, actually that is how I meant to make decisions. Yes, remember that part in your chart that is your truth so it just gives us this beautiful concrete understanding of ourselves where we don't talk ourselves out of being ourselves and then look to other people to think oh okay well everyone seems to be doing that I'm going to do that too even though something else felt better for me Mm, yeah I can really resonate with that having you know gone through the journey of having a business and I guess from you know startup point to to my role now you know there's been lots of different iterations of that I just feel like I've been observing all the people that I'm working with as well and seeing what's working for them and then sometimes trying to, you know, emanate how they're working and then being like, mm-hmm. I, just, I just can't do that. Yeah, and I think that that's such a, been such a huge trend, especially in the entrepreneurship and personal development space over the last, you know, few years particularly that I've really observed is this idea that I guess we're doing this work or, you know, choosing to, you know, invest in certain things that are outside of the realms of the traditional methods of success, but somehow we end up replicating the same things that we're trying to escape from Mm. in our own spiritual and personal growth communities. And Mm. there is still this general sense of homogenization that can creep through in our work. And, you know, before I found human design, this was definitely, you know, the case for me. It was like, okay, so, you know, even the group program, it's like, well, this is what we're doing this week and this is how it is. And that's just not the truth because everybody Mm. is as unique as their fingerprints. And there are ways that we can support people to stay true to themselves without 
again, this blanket one size fits all approach to success or, you know, online growth or whatever the the thing is that we're trying to Mm. figure out. There is no one size fits all approach. You know, I used to really push myself to be consistent online all the time. And I would show up even when I didn't feel like it. And I would force myself to stay consistent and, you know, all of these things, because that's what we're told is like the only way to success and growth and, you know, scaling and all of these things. And that just was not energetically correct for me. And so now, you know, I go through periods where I completely come offline and, you know, then I'll have these huge surges and I do like, a you know, avalanche of content and mm. people get all of me and then they get pretty much nothing of me. <laughs> I have set that expectation with my audience and they know that now. They know that yeah. on my email list, you know, they know with the podcast, like everything is clear that this is how I operate best and this is what to expect from me. And my audience understands that. And there is a level of excitement when I come back and have fresh insights to share or fresh offerings to share. And, you know, there are people that reach out being like, you're back. Like, you know, there's like this kind yeah. of little excitement around that. And then, you know, I really lay it out like, okay, that was fun. I'm off now <laughs> to go and recharge and rest. And so, you know, and they're like, great, have a great time in your hermit cave. You know, my community understands now how I operate and they support that. So I think this idea that if we're, you know, not doing it a certain way that we're going to, you know, you get told you're going to lose trust, people forget about you, all these things. It's like, that's just not the truth. Like we all get to create our own reality based on our truth. And as long as we're keeping our audience informed of how we operate and why we do the things that we Mm. do, they're going to support and love that too, because people would prefer to experience you in your full energetic self rather than, you know, this watered down version that's pushing through for the sake of consistency. It's like the difference between, you know, a fast food methodology for content (laughs) and like a fine dining experience. So I would rather be the fine dining experience than pummeling out fast food content for the sake of it. Yeah. And that's for so much permission granting as well, isn't it? As well, when you're sharing with your audience how you're doing it then people can be like oh my goodness you know it works for her you know I've got to try something that works for me too and and maybe maybe it's not like the way Kirsten does it but it's going to be the way that I do it but it doesn't have to be the yeah and even that- when I launched the podcast last season, you know, I recorded it in two days and then on the third day I delivered the entire season in one go. And it was just like, here's season one, like as if it would be a Netflix show. And, you know, I was getting <laughs> people messaging me being like, we can do that. Like you can just drop a whole season in a day. Like we don't need to do it every week. And I'm like, no, like you can do whatever the fuck you want. because like, <laughs> That's what was going to work best for me because I was in that surge mode. So it's like, mm. let me deliver this to you in the surge in one powerful hit that's going to work really great for me. And that may not work for other people. They may love the consistency of the weekly podcast and Mm. the momentum that that builds and the connection that builds. But for me, like, you know, having this consistent, you know, idea of having a weekly podcast was just never going to work for my energy. So I actually found it so exciting to create this cohesive podcast season and then just drop it all in one day like a little explosion (laughs) and Mm. so but I'm still getting messages now weeks later of like I just listened to this episode and so you know it it, it's kind of like this beautiful co-creation with our entity right we've got to figure out you know what's going to work for our life and what's going to work for our our business and let that kind of feed into each other as well and let our life support our work and our work support our life Yes. So I suppose we should really wind back a little bit and talk about what exactly human design is. Yeah. And like where, <laughs> where it came like, from. Because I, fe- yeah, I, <laughs> I, I feel like I've heard some interesting stories about how it was um, sort of created and, and where it was. I feel like it was like channeled or something like that. Yeah. yeah. So the creator of human design, Ra Uruhu, he channeled this in the late 80s in Ibiza and he had like a nine-day channeling process where he downloaded the whole system and that in itself if you even have ever pulled up your human design chart it looks like you need a quantum physics degree Mm. (laughs) to even even make sense of it so how he channeled this incredibly intricate system like I just have this in this vision of him just sitting there just pouring with sweat (laughs) just Mm. scribbling things on pages because it 
Like it's, it's absolutely crazy that that was a channeled system, but it is so eerily spot on that, you know, I've had people say to me, like, have you ever doubted its validity? And I'm like, well, no, like, because it made a hundred percent sense to me and Mm. I have yet to meet anybody who hasn't found some resonance with it. And what I love about, I guess, the way that he presents the human design system is that, you know, it's not an ideology. It's not something that you have to believe into. It's something that is here to be experimented with. And it's completely up to you to basically choose your own experiment and see if it fits and if it feels right for you. And he basically says, like, if you choose to experiment with this information, like get ready for the most amazing experiment of your life. And I think that that's what I love about it is because it actually combines a lot of what we love about like astrology, which is that Mm. more personality, soul aspect journey that we're here to navigate through but it also works with a lot of elements with the physical body and the energetics as well so it actually combines all of these beautiful different aspects of you know astrology the I Ching the Kabbalah the chakra system and it weaves it all together so that we actually have this complete user manual for our human experience here because it speaks Mm. to the soul aspect but also the physical body because we are a soul having a human experience Mm. so it speaks to both of those worlds And I think that's why it lands and is so resonant for people because there is actually so much tangible things we can relate to in terms of how our energy and our physical body operates. But there's also this kind of intuitive activation of the soul path that we're here to choose and our gifts and different things that shine through from that as well. And I think that's why it's so immediately resonant for people. And it's something that provides a lot of concrete understanding of who they be and how they operate in the world, because Mm. it actually blends those two worlds together. Mm. Do you know what his background was? Did it- so he was a marketer, <laughs> like <laughs> I literally like like Mad Men star, like in New York. <laughs> yeah, and he just gave all of that up, and he'd actually just gone to Ibiza to live, and basically got given that whole lifestyle up. And then sometime after that was when the system was channeled. So mm. so he didn't have a background in, in like no. astrology and spirituality no. or anything. But what's really interesting is, I guess, for anyone that's like, well, you know, even immediately, like sometimes when I was like, oh, he was in Ibiza, like, okay, (laughs) we know how that was channeled. But but actually, there was some things that he channeled because there is a lot of the system that is to do with astrology and quantum physics and science and different like, you know, scientific genetic factual information and some of what he channeled actually wasn't scientifically proven at the time but Mm. years later it was discovered by science so Mm. there are actually elements I guess that are quite interesting of how he would have had that connection and he said that he has this encounter with what he called the voice and so yeah it was a completely channeled system but it weaves together a lot of what you know different things like I said the chakra system and astrology and quantum physics and different things that were already existing and it's just about how they all kind of blended and worked together to create this beautiful cohesive system for what I call our soul user manual. Like imagine if we had this at birth, it would be amazing. We should just hand these out at the hospital. <laughs> Here's your child's user manual. Yeah, but <laughs> Allow it's them also, to remain in this energy. It's also society though, right, to accept accept these things because imagine, you know, your kid being like, oh, no, I don't want to go to school today. I'm naturally not in um, my surge mode, as you say it. I'm just yeah. going to stay at home or, you know, people going to work, you know, the, our society just doesn't support people to honor honor their varying energy levels right you know even there's one aspect in human design where you can actually look at the type of environment that you would thrive in and another aspect that shows us how we actually digest the world around us and I quite often think about these two elements particularly in corporate just how I guess the offices are structured and different things like that like there would be so many people like say for example one of the environments is caves so they actually need their back up against the wall in order to feel safe and comfortable and creative now Mm. if you had a caves person where their desk was sitting exposed where their back was towards the entrance like there is no way you're ever going to get the valuable output that that person has to offer because they don't even feel safe and secure in their work environment, even if they're not consciously aware of it, of why. So how can you be creative and visionary and switched on and offer your best work when your entire being is constantly on high alert, waiting for who's coming through the door behind you? So even Mm. things like that, imagine if we could structure our workplaces and our environment based on 
how you would actually best feel like alive in that space, but also some people take information and learn in a high volume, complex sound way. And some people need low sounds or none at all in order to be able to focus. So even if we could have some things, you know, headphones, different things where some people that need high sounds could actually immerse themselves in that type of environment and people with low Mm. sounds, maybe they need, you know, these little earbuds that block all the sound out and like actually supporting each other to understand how we best operate would actually just unlock so much potential in the workplace and even in schools like if we think about different learning styles like some kids actually need to be moving their bodies to learn and how often do then those kids get told sit still stop fidgeting stop moving about you're distracting everyone so there's so much here I think that we could make such a big impact on different learning environments and work environments that would just make Mm. a huge difference on the quality of education and output in these spaces. Yeah, I bet. Um, So could you just share briefly the different energy types just to educate everybody a bit about that? So basically human design is the master system and then we fall into five categories within that. So these categories are what is known as our energy type. And essentially our energy type is how our aura operates. So it's how we're here to exchange energy with the world around us. And I like to think of this as the vehicle that essentially we're driving around in (laughs) this Mm -hmm. lifetime. So it's like understanding how we're here to drive our car. And so the five energy types are manifester, generator, manifesting generator, projector, and reflector. So manifestors have what is known as a closed and repelling aura because they are here to be the initiators. So they work in surges followed by periods of rest. So in the surge mode is when their aura essentially extends outwards and it essentially is very activating and initiating and catalyzes action and momentum in the environment around them. So they're basically the little Kickstarter, (laughs) the spark that sets off a chain of events. And so that's really how they work best is by initiating. And then their strategy to use that energy is informing. So they're basically here to follow their inner urges and initiate off the back of whatever that is that's inspiring them and inform those around them of what they're about to be doing. So that allows people to join in on whatever that surge is or essentially move out of the way (laughs) so that they can continue (laughs) with that momentum in their energy. All of our energy types also have what is known as a signature and a not-self. So these are two emotional indicators of when we are utilising our energy correctly. So when manifestors are kind of left to surge and create at their own speed and pace and allowed to do things in their own way, they will experience peace. And when they experience resistance, which quite often comes from not informing they will experience anger so that's kind of the two Mm -hmm. not self for the manifestors but they're really here to be the initiators then we have the generators and manifesting generators and technically they fall within the same energy type group but there's some slight differences between the two so both of these types are sacral energy types. So they hold the beautiful life force energy in their sacral center. They're basically custodians of life force energy. So they're the only two energy types with this defined sacral, which gives them the most consistent, reliable access to the energy in the biggest energy motor in the human design system. So essentially both of these types are really here to follow the things that feel really satisfying to them and the things that spark joy and enjoyment. Because when they do, their sacral center essentially gets the full potential of the energy in that motor. So it's essentially like driving on a full tank of fuel. And Mm -hmm. when they're doing things that feel frustrating or draining or hard, it's like driving on empty. (laughs) So basically Mm. one is going to give them energy and one is going to take energy away from them. So when generators are doing what they love, which is really what they're here for, that sacral center is full of this beautiful life force energy. And that builds up into their body with delight, inspiration, excitement, and all of that satisfaction that they're getting from what they're doing builds up in their body and spills out into their auric field and their aura is open and enveloping. So basically when generators are doing what they love, this aura spills out and we all get the benefit of it. We get attracted and magnetized into that energy and we're like, whatever's going on here, (laughs) we want to be a part of this. So doing what they love is really the key to a generator's success because that is what unlocks this beautiful sense of magnetism and energy. 
And so in order to do that, that is why their strategy is to respond. So they're basically moving through life constantly tuning into how their body feels. If it feels expansive or there's a desire to lean in or there might even be a mmm sound, Mm. they're the things to lean into because that's going to bring more of their signature, which is satisfaction. The things that feel like, ugh, or okay, I should, or if I have to, or mm, (laughs) that's the things that are going to lead to frustration because it's like driving on that empty tank of fuel. So basically the generators are here to move in this very yes, no capacity through life towards the things that feel expansive and exciting and away from the things that feel restrictive or contracting. or (laughs) And so the slight difference between those two is that the generator has more of this kind of what I call woodpecker energy, where it's like once they're kind of locked into that sense of satisfaction, it's like this very like and go, 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 go towards that vision. Whereas manifesting generators need a little bit more variety. They're a hybrid between the manifester and the generator. So they have a little bit of an energetic spectrum, even though they still have the same strategy as the generator but basically they're like what I call the cosmic hummingbird so they quite often are very multi-passionate multi-interested because they're here to kind of respond to multiple different things and weave all of those worlds together into this kind of more innovative approach so they're the two generators then we have our projector and the projector operates very differently to the rest of us because they have a deep and penetrating aura that actually goes into the other and this gives them a different way of seeing into the world it's almost like if we were all on a hike they would be the eagle above the field or the drone (laughs) because they have this beautiful ability to see into the other so because of how their aura operates they have this almost like blurring experience between them and the other and that allows them to see so clearly and so deeply because they're having this like almost little experience of the person in front of them or the thing in front of them so this gives them this beautiful ability to lead it's like a very visionary energy to guide to make improvements efficiencies corrections and also to optimize talents and gifts of others because of their capacity to see so clearly and this is why they have the strategy to wait for the invitation Now, the reason for this is because their aura is almost like a spotlight. So if we imagine like a flashlight in your face, (laughs) it's like (laughs) there is nowhere to hide under the projector aura. So basically the reason their strategy is to wait for the invitation is because their beautiful capacity to see so clearly offers them this incredibly unique perspective. And I always say to projectors to think of their perspective as valuable as liquid gold. So really it's not about waiting for an invitation. It's allowing them to be recognized because if they offer their insights or perspective to someone that's not ready to receive it, and that perspective is rejected, there's going to be the not self of the projector, which is bitterness because it's like, Mm. but I can see, but I can help you. And I often say to projectors, like how many times in your life have you ever thought, Oh, I could have told you that. (laughs) And like all of them (laughs) are like raise hands, like, yes. Oh my God. All the time, only every day because they can see that but sometimes as the person on the other end of that you're not ready to see that for yourself or you're not ready to receive that information or that wisdom or that perspective at that time so really what projectors are here to do is sit in the seat of their value and their wisdom and what they have to offer literally imagining themselves like sitting in this like little energetic throne and allowing themselves to be recognized and invited into things where they feel valued, seen Mm. and honored for that energetic exchange. And when they do, that's when they get their beautiful signature of success. Then finally, we have our reflectors and they are only 1% of the population. So they're super rare. They're like little cosmic unicorns or HD celebrities. (laughs) And what sets them apart from the rest of us is when you open up your chart, There'll be little colored in shapes and some white open shapes. And these are the energy centers. So some of us have defined energy centers where we have consistent, reliable access to energy and where energy transmitters from those centers. And some of us have white open centers where we're taking energy in, we're having an experience of it, and then we can reflect that wisdom back to the collective. So reflectors have no defined energy centers at all. Their chart is completely open. So they are like this beautiful little energetic mirror ball where they're taking taking energy in and then they're able to reflect that back in terms of this really beautiful unbiased objective perspective because they don't have any fixed sense of being within themselves. So this energy allows them to be in this constant essence of presence and really being open to who do I want to be today and where do I want to go? It's like a very 
fluid energy from a reflector. And so when they allow themselves to really be whoever they want to be and move into the communities that they feel compelled to offer their wisdom and perspective to, they really have this beautiful, unbiased, fair equitable approach to life and they are really here to be at the center of communities and offer us this really valuable reflection and contribution to what's working and what's not (laughs) and how we could make things Mm. more equitable fair and beautifully nourishing for the communities so they are this really beautiful cosmic reflector that allows us to to see the health of the spaces that they travel in and their signature is surprise so when they are honoring who they want to be in any given moment they open themselves up to the surprise and delight of life but when they try and be too fixed and too rigid and too stagnant that's when they'll experience their not self of disappointment so basically these two emotional signposts for all of us are really clues of when we're moving with flow or force (laughs) but we all have a unique energetic contribution and a unique energetic signature and essentially we all have a strategy of how to use that energy as well so that we can move through life with flow and experience more of our signature of peace satisfaction success and surprise (laughs) Mm. yeah it's so much to absorb and I wonder if people listening are resonating with you know, one more than the other. I, yeah. For myself, I that I think the reason I got thrown when I first did it because I really resonate a lot more with manifestor or manifesting generator energy type. But I'm just I'm a generator, but I feel like I've got more of that that multi passionate flux sort of energy. Well, this is the thing, right? And I always say to people, there is no one answer in human design because mm. essentially what we're looking at here is. Yes, how that's the first layer to human design of how our energetic signature works and how we're here to exchange energy with the world around us. But there can be so many other layers to our chart that speak into like, oh, I resonate a little bit with that or, oh, that makes a little bit of sense for me because there's another aspect that holds similar properties to that, but it speaks to how you would use it in a slightly different way. So it's like Mm. there's always like clues to who we are in our chart, but it's like that's really the overview of how we're here to exchange energy with the world. So for you as a generator with the the most simplistic, I guess, like dilution of that is that you're really here to do the things that feel exciting and expansive to you. And when you do, you're going to experience satisfaction. And when you don't, you're going to experience frustration. (laughs) So really that's how you are here to utilize and exchange your energy with the world and how you can allow yourself to move with flow, not force. But there might be multiple other areas in your chart that speak to a resonance to being more multi-passionate with that energy or wanting to use that in different ways or having that kind of independent fiery energy of the manifester so there's so many layers to our chart and that's really just the umbrella that then houses a really deep dive into the intricacies of who we are and so that's why I think sometimes even with the more generalized information it can be a little bit like we cannot resonate with it because it is generalized to speak to one particular aspect. But that's why I think, you know, how you said when you did the deep dive so much clicked for you because we can yeah. speak to all of the moving parts that create this cohesive picture of who you are. Because even though I'm a manifester, even if I was in a room with 10 other manifestors, we may all be very different people, <laughs> even yeah. though we would both be, we would all be like, great, we all surge, awesome, and we need to inform, cool. But the way in which we do that is so different. You know, I was having a conversation with a friend who's a manifester and, you know, she was saying that she watches me and my surges and she does not connect or relate to that at all because hers are so different and what she needs in order to experience a surge or how that manifest for her is completely different to me because of the different energy centers that I have activated that she doesn't and so many different other little key pieces but that is really you know the the start of the journey to understand how we're here to operate but there's so many more beautiful layers that make up the complete picture yeah I was kind of surprised when we did that deep dive on how many different aspects there were. I was wondering if you could just give a a really brief overview maybe of a few other parts that people might have when they get their charts done. Yeah. So basically the main things we'll be looking at is your energy type, but then there's also clues in our chart that speak to how we're here to best make decisions. These two beautiful archetypes that we came here to embody to bring our purpose to life 
There is the energetics of our purpose hidden in our chart. And then we can also look at the different types of energies that we have available in our body. Everything from how we metabolize stress, how we metabolize mental pressure, our willpower, our intuition, our drive, our emotions. So there's so many different layers to the chart, but it really does speak to our our gifts and our genius, but also what we're here to learn and explore and have experiences of in this lifetime as well. So it really gives us so much clarity to who we are, how we best operate, how we can support ourselves to operate at our best, and mm. also the different things that we can lean into and explore and you know stretch ourselves into as well to continue to essentially learn and, and, and live and breathe everything that we came here to explore as well with this empowering context over the top of it. Mm. So you shared quite a bit. Obviously, I, I think people will be joining the dots on how this might be helpful for them and, and how it served you. But could you share just a little bit about what you've seen with the people that you've worked with, if you've got any examples or, or any stories around how human designs positively impacted people? Totally. And, you know, I'll just quickly speak to my own experience as well, is just that I like I said, I felt like I had been fighting and pushing for everything in my life for such a long time. And to have this context and understanding of how I best operate really opened up so much flow in my life. And, you know, we, that word gets thrown around a lot, but it really is just a sense of like ease and this beautiful settled feeling in who I am. It's really built a bridge in so many areas of my life, particularly with the acceptance love of myself, the confidence I have within myself, the trust I have in myself, my process, my life even, like it's really built this beautiful synergy with life, but also a deep empathy and understanding for others. I love seeing people in their own individual processes and it's really allowed me to celebrate people even deep, more deeply for their own mm. way of being and I love witnessing people in their experiment as well. But I would say overall with all of the clients I've worked with, there's been so much shift when it came to their self-acceptance and their self-belief and also their self-trust, like having an understanding of how we are here to operate and how we're here to best make decisions even, even just those two elements alone give us so much sense of autonomous and freedom back in our life to really choose what is true for us. And I've seen so many people really choose these, you know, either small, big, bold, brave choices for themselves in their life where they've started to let go of all of the ways that they thought they should have to do things in their life or they've been mm. holding themselves hostage to all of this conditioning of how life should be, what was expected of them. And really just unapologetically choosing themselves, their truth, and leaning into how they operate best. And there is such a beautiful shift and lightness and freedom that comes with choosing ourselves first and foremost. And I've seen, you know, people creativity unlocked and you know even I was speaking to someone that I did a reading for a couple of weeks ago and she was saying she's found this really beautiful sweet spot with feeling supported and nourished and receptive and all these ideas are coming through and she just landed her dream job and different things are like mm. really opening up in her world just from making a few shifts to allow her to be in her most energetically aligned state. And so the happiness um, that she's experiencing is, you know, coming online and, you know, just little things, even just with like stress management or embracing the part of themselves that seeks variety and, you know, immersing themselves in satisfaction. You know, that's been a huge thing. I work with a lot of generators and managers and that makes sense because it's like 70% of the population <laughs> in total. Yeah. But even when we think about most of the generator and managing clients that I work with, one of my questions I always ask them is like, what are you doing for you that's just fun for you? And like 99.9% .9 of those conversations are like nothing. And so mm. even just making this shift of like choosing to explore a hobby for themselves or choosing to explore something enjoyable for themselves or make more space for satisfaction in their life has made a huge impact on the quality of their relationship with their work, the people in their lives, themselves. And even if we think about, you know, just generators alone, you know, there's 
you guys are this energetic set point for society. So if you are more often experiencing frustration and not having the freedom to do what you love, then that is the energy being transmuted into the planet. But if you are free to do the things that feel satisfying to you and you are lit up with joy and excitement and delight and pleasure and play, that's what's going to be transmitted into the world as the primary frequency. So Even just making shifts to incorporate a hobby is like life-changing for many people in their own world. So it's so layered what I witness and see for people. But I think just the overall sense of really experiencing more of that signature emotion, feeling more connected to themselves, feeling more satisfied, Mm. at peace, enjoying life, feeling excited by life again, and just really that unequivocal self-trust in themselves and their process. Mm. I love, you know, you sort of mentioned about self-acceptance and I can't help thinking that if you're learning and accepting yourself and learning about these, all these, all different types of people and people work in different ways, you're obviously going to bring that more um, accepting of other people into, you know, workspaces and understand your children and, and, you know, just realizing that people aren't necessarily, you know, being lazy or, um, not you know being resistant to what you want them to do or whatever it might actually be more about who they are or like you know expecting more work output out of them when maybe that's just not their capacity at that point in time absolutely and I think that's such a beautiful knock-on effect of human design is when we know and accept ourselves. And we start to see all of these ways of being that we have of like, oh, that's why I do that. Oh, interesting. That's why I choose that. Oh, that's why I like that. And we have all this context for why we operate the way we do. Suddenly we then start to get curious of like, oh, okay, well, if I need this for myself and I mm. operate like this, what are the people in my life needing? And so when we have this context for supporting them you know even for example in our decision making centers I'm an emotional authority I need space and time to make my decisions whereas a sacral authority can make a decision immediately based off a gut yes or gut no now if I was in a dynamic with uh, someone with a sacral authority I could ask them yes or no questions or give them two options which would support their decision making process and allow more harmony in our life if they were approaching me they would be like all right I know you need a little bit of time let me know when that's going to work for you. So it's just allowing us to like engage with each other in ways rather than being like, oh my God, like, how do you not know? Like, just choose, you know, it's like those things where it's like, because we have a certain way of being, it's like understanding that other people might need more spaciousness and time or that our ability to move quickly and respond really, you know, quickly to pressure, other people may not have that. So it's like Mm. knowing how to support everyone in our lives and we can all really thrive, I think, and work so much more beautifully together because we are also different for a reason. We're here to honor our own instrument and add our unique sound to the collective, but we can't do that if we're trying to be like everyone else or trying to get everyone else to be like us. That's just not how we're going to move society forward. Yeah. So if people listening are curious to explore this a bit further, how would you recommend people get started? And I'd love you to share a little bit about the work that you do with people too. Yes, thank you. So you can pull your chart for free and I will send the link through to you so that you can include it in the show notes. So Mm -hmm. you can pull your chart and you can at least get an understanding of what is your energy type, what's your authority, what's your profile, different things like that. You can have a quick overview of that. Now, the wormhole that unfolds from there (laughs) when you choose to explore it for yourself is endless. There are so many different little rabbit holes that you can go to when you're starting to look at this information. So what I would recommend if it is in reach for you is to book a human design reading. So Mm -hmm. I will send my link through as well for people to do that. But basically that just allows you to get this beautiful context and understanding of all of the aspects and moving parts of your chart, but also how they apply to you because I think that like we just even identified how you didn't like you know necessarily gel with the generator because there were so many other aspects of your chart to kind of look at that complete picture so it takes all of the generalized information and we have a live conversation that allows it to become applicable to your life with contextual examples and different mm. things that you can do to implement that information so that's a really powerful choice as well but I'll also send you a link that I have a YouTube channel as well that has a little video on all of the energy types so the easiest thing that they can do is jump on and pull their chart 
have a look at that video and then if they decide that they want to explore it a little bit further they can jump into a reading on the website as well do you have um the videos i know you sent them through to me of like i can't remember the terminology for it but with you know the hermit and the so that's the one, book, one yeah, two three four if they, yeah if they book a reading they'll get all of that information yeah, but that really on, helpful the, too. on the youtube channel it's just the beautiful energy types so giving you a quick overview of what that means in your life and then they can explore that a little bit further in the reading so the reading is pretty comprehensive but you got a lot of things to keep and <laughs> take yes. away with you yeah so that was a, i was very very impressed with the um you know that huge pdf document that you sent through and the um the videos are awesome as well too yeah, so you literally get pre-recorded videos before you start so you can have an understand, a really good understanding of your energy type, how you make decisions and your two archetypes you came here to embody to bring your purpose to life. Then you get the 90-minute live reading, which is where we have a big chat about the other moving parts of your design and how this all applies to you. And then that PDF guide that you get to keep afterwards is pretty much like your user manual <laughs> for your soul experience <laughs> that you can just keep referring back to and yeah. always have on hand for anything that you need, a little refresher, because we do need those reminders. And, you know, that's also why I created the affirmation decks for each energy type as well, which are on my website. Basically, just as these little hit permission slip hits every single day to remind us of our energy because you know even after you know a few years of experimenting with my design I still pull those cards and I'm like oh damn that's right that is me woo (laughs) this little (laughs) celebration of like how amazing we are but it's just this beautiful anchoring affirmation of like ah yes that's me ah yes that's me Mm. (laughs) and bring that energy and embodiment into your day amazing and obviously I'll put those links in the show notes, but if people want to check you out, what could you just share your website and Instagram? Yep. So my website is kirstenmorrison.co and my Instagram is at kirstenmorrison.co and that's where I spend most of my time. So yeah, they can head on over there and send me a DM and let's have a chat. Amazing. Thank you so much for your time. That was such a great overview of human design and I hope people really piqued your curiosity about learning more about yourself because I guess that's kind of what we're here to do right yeah exactly that's literally what we're here for is to learn about ourselves and bring all of us to life I honestly think that that is our purpose is to just be all of us and everything that we do every conversation we have every creation we have every encounter in our entire life when we are being ourselves that is the purpose because we are here to bring a completely unique set of energetic gifts and skills to the world and when we can do that like we're just a living breathing instrument of our purpose and so knowing that allows us to just experience so much of those beautiful signature feelings in our world so I strongly wish that every single person in the planet (laughs) could have this information, (laughs) especially from birth. I would love to see these little user manuals sitting there ready to go. (laughs) Mm, It's so amazing. Well, thank you so much for your time today and we look forward to touching base with you soon. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you. Bye. Thank you for journeying with us today. We trust you received the wisdom shared in this episode. If you felt the resonance of the conversation and think it will support other people, please subscribe, share this episode and leave a review. Importantly, before we go, we'd like to acknowledge country and the Bundjalung Nation that we are recording this podcast on. We have so much gratitude for the abundant land we live upon that nourishes and heals us and we hold deep reverence for the First Nations people that care for our country and for the wisdom they keep. May we be open to continue to learn and grow.